we have this free-form conversation mm-hmm. about um, spiritual experience with the idea of, um, you know, talking about it uh, in a way that it can be at the level of the experience as opposed to the content. And you made a comment about um, your training in Zen and the Makyu. Yeah, that I still feel a shyness to, to talk about spiritual experience that stems from that time uh, where when, whenever we wanted to talk about spiritual experience, whatever that meant, <laughs> we were talked, shut up, muck you, it's not important, it's just phenomena. Mm-hmm. Like um, if you have a vision or see lights or, you know, whatever. Or the saying, if you meet Buddha on the way, kill him. Mm-hmm. That's where where that comes from. And um, But on the other hand, and that's why I'm open, opening to talking more about it, is that um, there are also passages that maybe should have, where we should have had a voice. And... Um, that, that that partly brings me also again and to gentling we talked about that in the last conversation mm-hmm. where I found that from Jean I learned not to fall silent too early mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so I'm bringing both the shyness and the not falling silent too early mm-hmm yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is that um, um, the the shyness is related to that sense that when you talk, um, you're missing the point, and uh, you're you, it's muck you, it's irrelevant, it's not it's it's not the core of the experience itself. So. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, if you don't talk, then maybe you're missing out on something as well. Yes, and thank you for saying back. It's really helpful. Um, um, one reason... The talking about it is treacherous is that I also trace in me it's seductive to identify with, wow, this happened to me. (laughs) And that's um, a hindrance. And, uh, yeah. So something about like there's a seduction, something special, um, you know, um, an identification. I'm somebody special having this experience. This <laughs> is seduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so I'm somebody special. But on the other hand, if you don't talk, then maybe you're nobody where the experience is not as as strongly experienced? This is a very, very... This invites some deeper door right now, <laughs> what you say. There were times in my life where there were openings and there was such a truth in that that even if people would have told me this is all rubbish and yeah, you are just, it's just make believe you, you want this to be a great thing. I, it was just clear. So 
um, it might not be necessary. <laughs> I'm just sensing mm-hmm. into it. I haven't pre- prepared anything for mm-hmm, our conversation, mm-hmm. so it's a real sensing into it. So that it might not always be necessary, but at some point there were other times where I would have felt it very important if my meditation teacher at that time could have resonated with where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. It would have been very helpful and at certain occasions that the person wouldn't be able to talk. Yeah, yeah. so what I'm hearing is uh, the moments where it would have been helpful um, mm-hmm. is if you had spoken then it would have made it possible for the meditation teacher to resonate with you. And so knowing the experience of how wonderful it can feel to be in resonance, uh, you realize it would have been great to have that resonance at that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I suddenly when you when you said how wonderful it feels and thanks for saying it so I can the process can correct itself mm-hmm. and that's the spirit when I'm when I'm now resonating with you I guess it's not in the sense of it feels wonderful to resonate or be resonated with mm-hmm. but more a sense of rightness. Can you be with me here? Mm. So something about, it's not about it feels wonderful, but a sense of rightness. Can you be with me here? Yeah. So I'm hearing the words, and I'm not really resonating with it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not getting, you know, I, it feels, um, except if may, I'm trying to put my own words to, to see how I'm relating to it. So, um, mm, maybe it's like, oh, it feels right. If I hear somebody else resonating with it, there's something that, oh, it feels right. Yeah, I can give you an instance of that. Um when I was in the Zen monastery, we did a lot of sitting, mm-hmm. being, I did Shikantaza, just sitting, and um, I had a Christian upbringing, so suddenly there were um, sayings of the Bible coming up where I suddenly felt like, oh, this makes complete different sense. I never understood that. Something like, um, the fa- I'm translating from German into English now, the, f- the Father and the Son are one. Mm-hmm. And after a lot of sitting, um, it's, it was so clear that this is non-duality. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. It's, it's clear. It's it, the Father and the Son are one, as so right. <laughs> there is no separation. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the Zen master I had at the time, he just couldn't at all connect to any Christian content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no judgment about him, why and what, and, you know, I don't want to actually. I just felt I needed... I would have needed resonance there, and it didn't come. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as you meditate and uh, your um, Christian upbringing, your Christian heritage, your notions, suddenly you understand them in a different way in the meditation. And the Father and the Son are ones. Ah, that's duality. And um, if you say that to your 
Zen master at the time, it's as if you're speaking to him in Arabic or some language he doesn't understand, because he cannot connect to that, and so he cannot tell yeah. you, yeah, 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 you get, yeah, you're, yeah. He no. would. He didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you said duality. It's non-duality. I meant um, the father and the son are one. That 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 is meant non-duality. Non-duality. Yeah. 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 But so uh, so if he, if he could relate to your experience, it would be yeah you're yeah yeah you're getting it We're, yeah that's it yeah. Uh, and and then it's like he doesn't have a clue what you're talking about. I wasn't sure whether it was not a clue or also <laughs> that points a little. I'm only noticing it now in the direction why I needed to leave traditions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether it also was like this is a Buddhist monastery. This is not about Christian teachings. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what it was. Um, I'm very cautious here. And I actually uh, paused in the monastery and went to a, a Zen master who also was a Jesuit in um, La Salle was his name in Tokyo at the time because I needed somebody to speak to mm-hmm. about this. So that's interesting when you ask the question about how language relates. <laughs> mm-hmm. To experience, and he he was in resonance in Tokyo. Yeah, and I only visited him and then went back to the monastery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, he so, was very so, helpful. So what I'm hearing is that sense of um, uh, that experience you have on your own. Um, there is. A need to resonate, um, and and maybe it's about validating it. Maybe it's about feeling it. I'm not sure what it is, but that's also the same reason why, say, one meditates in a monastery as opposed to on their own. Um. <laughs> some kind of a connection to. Uh, you know, it's not alone and the experience, but there's also a connection with other human beings, with the community, with the tradition. That's treacherous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, um, uh, oh, how can I say this? Um, Yes, there is a connection with tradition, but also with all the mm, boxing in of tradition, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with teaching politics, with um, who sits closest to the master and who has which power and decision-making say in it, in this or that. So it's living in a spiritual community is not a pure experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but very human with all the limitations. So um, and the reason I find that this inquiring into experience, letting go of tradition became more and more valuable in my life. It has to do with these politics in traditions mm-hmm. because I found that difficult after trying it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... So I find yes... What I'm looking for now, and I guess that was one of the things that drew me into having a conversation with you mm-hmm. here now, is that um, can there be a way of inquiring? Excuse me, I need to stop for a second. Okay.
what what took me a long time and a lot of courage was um, uh, finding my, my way out of traditional contexts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I found um, that the relationship with a teacher, for example, or in the monastery, or how I was supposed to behave with other people from other monasteries were colored, tainted very much by tradition, but in the sense of belittling what there was. And I could sense that and that's where the focusing comes in. If I sense into the body how all this is, I I just could not comply with a lot of the politics that were involved in tradition. Mm-hmm. There was... It, it, um, it seemed almost to be contrary to some of the truths it was pointing to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's something about the experience of living within mm-hmm. a community, so within a tradition. I mean, tradition actually means it's that community. And that right, community is a group of people who, like all groups of people, are organized and have relationships and... Uh, um, uh, rules and politics, and uh, that these politics uh, actually, um, as you pay attention to the felt sense in the body, you really experience as very constraining, limiting, and almost the exact opposite of the kind of expansion that you're looking for in the spiritual practice. Or let's say, instead of opposite, I'd rather say hindrance. Hindrance, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I... It took me a long time in exploring, you know, is this what they call an ego trip? Is this just my ego opposing what I'm told? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or is it something deeper? And after a year being in the monastery, I... I could not deny that I had a sense of I need to follow that inner knowing and leave. Mm-hmm. Which took, it took a lot of courage to leave, also later leave the Buddhist teaching settings because it, it provided a kind of security, you know, you had company with the people on the path and if you do this and comply with the teachings and you know follow what 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 you are advised to do that you eventually end up an enlightened being mhm yeah. Uh, yeah so so letting go of that kind of um seemingly secure setting uh, meant that I had, I, I would need another, let's say, grounding, whatever that means, uh, uh, to fall back on or let go into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um the um, the following, the staying within the tradition and the community, um, there's something very um, uh, reassuring about it, in the sense that it's a it's a path that yeah. is presented as almost guaranteeing that you then get to the result and the enlightenment. And so it takes a lot of courage to break away from it because then there is no path and you're on your own. Yes, and at the same time, 
part of the tradition, and that was partly why it was hard to let go, is that the Zen master would say, and remember, there is a path and there is no path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was aware that they are not dumb or anything. You know, they are perfectly aware that there is no path. Mm-hmm. Even within tradition, they, are, they know that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, being a female in Asia in a Zen monastery, I, I, I could see how, um, even in the Mahayana, in the big vehicle, uh, Buddhism vehicle, um, being born in a female body is not exactly helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, that collided in, in me. And when I say collided in me, it doesn't, I'm pointing to the examination that I was for a long time examining what my Zen teacher said. Oh, it's just the ego. It's not about men and women here. Just drop that, that issue. And and that's what I was trying to work at. And then there was a deeper knowing in me um, that an opening I had had much earlier. Um, I, everything is that. So why do we need these restrictions? You know, I... I just, from a deep sensing, from a deep, and the double meaning of the word sensing, sense, comes here. Mm-hmm. Something in me was certain that this angle of tradition just is not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it points again to this... Um, uh, non-duality. I mean, I know women who stay in the tradition because they can, because they are so connected to that absolute ultimate truth that they find it doesn't hinder their progress at being females, born in a female body and going on. And there are wonderful examples of women who, who also in, in, in old times, not just modern Buddhist women, who have done incredible things, you know, just from their power of, well, I don't like the word enlightenment, but living the truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, for me, I had to go another way. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, I'm hearing something about uh, um, complexity. It's not that there's something simple in any possible way. Um, both in terms of the path that is not a simplistic thing. People know it's not a path. Um, in terms of, um, you know, being a woman in this. Mm-hmm. And so we could very much say um, it is very strong experience of not belonging but you cannot simply say that because you've seen, you can see how some women actually have been thriving in that. But so what comes up is a sense of really a very heightened um, sense of your own experience there and the dialogue that exists between the tradition, your experience in terms of figuring out what's right for you. But not right for you in some kind of an ego way, um, mm-hmm. but that, that, that defining about, uh, about where you belong. Where you, and I'm not sure, you know, I have a sense of the words not being right about that because it's not, you know, I didn't hear you say where you belong. So I'm putting my own words in there. And I have a sense of struggling to kind of find a way to, to, to hear what you're saying. 
Yeah. That brings me to something I was wondering about before our conversation that I son- that I also felt like, oh, I would like to know why does Serge want to have a conversation like that? Where is Serge coming from? What is what are search questions into life. Mm. And maybe at this moment that might help. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe to take the last one, uh, the belonging. Yeah. Uh, maybe part of it, maybe I'm, I'm putting this word there because mm. it's something that for me is an issue of, um, you know, so... What you're describing, I might see from the angle yeah. of the issue for me, of belonging, being swallowed if I belong, not mm-hmm. belonging and being out, and you know, and and negotiating between wanting to be in and an insider, not feeling like I can be an insider, wanting to be an outsider. So that whole dynamic. Uh, and, 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 and difficulty with uh-huh. that. Uh, so, so, you know, that's probably part of why I'm, uh, you know, I'm connecting with you or I'm, I'm seeing things this way. Um, the idea of, um, uh, if you, you know, related to insider, outsider, belong, not belong, um, if I am part of a tradition, then there's something comforting about this is it. Um, and if I'm not, then I might be just bullshitting myself. Uh, if I am in a tradition, I know that I personally am not comfortable just being one. I feel like I'm asphyxiating and I need, it's very important for me, whenever I have studied something, to study something else at the same time, so that I have another point of view and I have a dialogue. Uh, and yeah. so, there's a, so there's a fear for me about, or not even a fear that I'm going to be swallowed, because in a way I'm not going to be. But there's something, but a sense of air, I want air, I want the other part. And then I'm able to see two things, and I'm in the middle of a dialogue, and then I feel, you know, like there's some possibility of expanding. So I'm not sure if I'm being too vague or if you're relating to it, yeah. That's it. interesting. Um, so for you, it's like, in a way, you want to belong someplace, but at the same time, you need, also need to study something else. So you always have at least two perspectives, so you're mm-hmm. not completely swallowed up by one way of belonging. But there's always fresh air because you have at least two ways of looking at something. Did I get that right? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm referring very specifically to to several moments I have studied things, including, you know, studied, uh, you know, trainings, professional trainings, or, uh, you know, philosophical ideas, or something. It's very nice, you know, to have that sense of this and that. <laughs> um, it didn't start out that way for me. Hmm. But I'm hearing you. I had a longing for belonging. <laughs> Uh, but it it didn't work out as a kid. It already didn't work out mm-hmm. because I I was brought up Catholic, and I was as a little girl. I must have already been in this meditative inquiry mm-hmm. that was like sitting spontaneously in my room inquiring into a question like what is holy because I needed to know this and nowadays I would say I was dwelling in this question but uh, at that time I wouldn't have the words for that Mm -hmm. 
And so I came up with, after days, coming back, I went, went to school or whatever I needed to do and dinner with my parents or, you know, having a mess in my room, my mother being angry. That was the life. But the inquiry kept going on. And then at some point, this little girl understood that everything is holy. If you, if you look at every little piece in your room or the bird out there, suddenly this being, me, me, being me, knew, oh, everything is holy. And that didn't comply with what I was taught in church. Mm. As I'm listening to you, I have a, a feeling moved uh, from that sense of, uh, as you're referring to this, you say this little girl, you know, the spirit of inquiry. And um, 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 I find something very moving about the little girl trying to figure it out. And um, um, when I was a kid, I certainly did not have any sense of myself as being spiritual in any possible way. Mm-hmm. But um, the, you know, um, the kid who is what I really relate to with a sense of trying to make, to, to make sense of things, not, not in a conscious way. You know, it's hard. It's not like I wouldn't, but... But there's a way in which it feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I'm trying to find words for it. Um, Like without getting to it, not having, um, taking the sense that if only I could sit or, you know, stay or think long Mm -hmm. enough, uh, it would all make sense. Oh, yeah. You know, the hope, the longing that there was a way in which it would. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was with you when you were a boy. Yeah. That longing, if you would sit or long enough or think long enough, that it would all make sense. And at the same time, not sitting long enough or thinking long enough about it. Uh So, so, um, you know, so, so in a way, it's like almost like if I wanted to, I could fly, but never testing it so that there is a sense of the possibility to fly. But if you test it, you're going to be proven wrong. So, uh, you ah. know, it's kind of a, <laughs> kind of that longing there. Yeah. But not the practice of it. Okay. So also, okay. In a way, there was a longing in you to find that sense. And at the same time, there was something in you that was a little scared of testing it out, kind of? Yeah, I didn't say that, but I'm stopping for a minute to... Uh, yeah, I mean, I said something like it, but I'm I'm noticing that... Yeah, I could see how you could summarize it this way. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's like when you put it this way, it's, you're heightening the... <laughs> Just you know, exactly what I said. No, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. Because I did say something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm just asking, is this what I meant? <laughs> so, so, so stay with your meaning, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mm. You know, I can't stay with it, but I'm I'm jumping to something else. Mm. And, you know, I grew up French, and so speaking French. And then uh, as an adult, I speak English. 
So uh, I know after I had been in this country, in the United States, for five, ten years, um, and, and, you know, as an adult, I became more interested in things spiritual and paid attention to it in a different way. And one day I noticed that the word God means something totally different for me than the French word Dieu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because the context in which I experience God is my exploring these issues as an adult. And as a kid, Dieu was something a little mysterious. Um, um, intimidating, mysterious, um, I can't even find the words for it, but just, it's like noticing the difference. I mean, I'd have to give a bunch of images about what it is, but, um, like for instance, when I was growing up, um, when somebody died in a house, uh, on the outside of the building, they would put black curtains. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Which at later, you know, I didn't see. But mm-hmm. so the black curtains um, and death mm-hmm. are something that, you know, I didn't quite relate to as a kid except to know that that exists. You know, it's there. It's mysterious. Mm-hmm. I don't go into, you know, those houses. So the concept of Dieu, God in French is kind of similar, was kind of similar for me to that part, which is mm-hmm. something that is another world, uh, that I'm not, I was not, I was raised as a secular humanist. Mm. Uh, but in a family where, on my mother's side, uh, where a lot of people who were, um, kind of primitive and superstitious and religious in a superstitious way, Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's kind of a sense of separation, different world. So, what, yeah. was it, what, what is it that we started to talk about? Um, it was the belonging. The belonging. And yeah. I, I had been saying back something in a way which didn't quite feel comfortable to you. But almost as, as if you were not quite sure. <laughs> right, right, I right, had, right. I, that, and it was about the longing to belong, but also, you know, not being swallowed up by belonging into one place, but. So, so the belonging part, um, is yeah. I grew up in a culture where people were part of a religion. Uh-huh. And I was not. Yeah. Okay, so there is a sense of not belonging. There's a sense of, in a way, from my father's side, a superiority about not belonging. Right. That, uh, but but a, a lacking yeah. of belonging. Uh, so you, it, it was a superiority for you not to belong. And a, also a loss. A loss, both. And there was a different kind of belonging by being superior and belonging there. Yes. Yes. Okay, this is, there is a difference how I experience not belonging. Okay. And maybe we can place it side by side. Yes, yes, my, yes. My upbringing, and this is so interesting, my upbringing was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And secular, humanistic, even the words wouldn't have meant anything. Uh, it just was not where we were. Mm-hmm. But I wet, um, shocked me out of belonging was my own inquiry. Mm-hmm. Like, and then again, being born in a female body made me ask questions I guess I wouldn't have asked as a boy. Mm-hmm. It, 
like why why wouldn't women go to the altar because i was very deeply religious i i wanted to become a priest it was a very innocent wish mm-hmm. <laughs> very innocent because it it fit just you know i i i i felt i needed to inquire into these questions and then i was told i would never be able to be a priest because i'm a girl and i i didn't it just didn't make sense to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't an opposition if that was not coming to me or like this inquiry into what is holy is like all right so what why do they talk about good and evil i i just i really needed to um <sighs> I needed to dwell with these questions. I needed to and I wished there would have been a truly experientially spiritual priest who would understand a young person, even a child person needing to inquire into these existential questions. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't Yeah. There just wasn't. So, so I experienced a not belonging. So I'm, I want to to tell you the strands that I'm hearing. All right. Um, there's one strand is a very very basic sense of belonging, because your family is Catholic, you're part of the Catholic Church, you go there. There's not even any questions that there could be something else. So at that level, very basic belonging. Then, um, something, the other strand is something that's a, the, the contrast between so much being drawn to religion, wanting to be a priest, and bang, told, no, you can't be a priest, you're a girl. And so, wow. Uh, I really want to, I can't. So, very big opposition. Then um, there is another strand is, I am drawn to spiritual inquiry. What is holy? And I want to dwell in that. And there is a part where, in a way, uh, even the... The, the, the question and the curiosity and the inquiry uh, is a practice. So it, right. is, it is that, you know, that little girl is living a practice of, of contemplation, meditation. At you that know, time, it's like yeah. a koan for a little girl. What is yeah. holy? You know, and, and she's kind of staying with that. And so in that sense... You know, that little girl belongs in that world of spirituality. But on the other side, she doesn't because she's experiencing it alone in that question instead of being met by somebody who would be, yeah, yeah. You know, not necessarily bringing answers, but simply validating that question, saying, yeah, that's, wow, this is what we do, yeah, yeah, great, That's, you know, kind of, in a way, validating the practice. Right, that wasn't exactly. And yeah. so, in that sense, just even having the practice feels like not belonging because yeah. you're not met. Exactly. It was like um, my parents went to church and I was going to church with them and as if at the same time we didn't belong. <coughs> We were, and then I was, and the word opposition wasn't quite, I didn't feel, I didn't feel it as an opposition. Um, it was more despair. All right, why is this? I could not, I, it did not make sense to me in the word of sensing It, it just didn't ring true. I, I would take the courage as a little girl 
one Wednesday afternoon going to church and stand at the altar and wait whether God would punish me. Mm-hmm. Because women were not supposed to go to the altar and um, and God didn't punish me. Right. So, and so I I knew something. There was a truth and I couldn't communicate that truth. I knew that women can be at the altar and that is perfectly all right. But that didn't have any resonance in what I was experiencing as part of where I should belong. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm hearing a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. One is when you make the distinction between, uh, you say, not opposition, despair. Yeah. And, and I say, I ask myself, oh, what's the difference? And I see, okay, opposition is like there is an active discussion, an engagement. Right. And despair is you're all alone and not met. Like yeah. alone in the desert. Thank you. That helps. Yeah. And then I hear the other part is you say, okay, I go to the altar and uh, I stand in front of the altar and in a way, if these guys are right, you know, should be punished and I'm not punished. So in a way, I have this deep understanding of what happens in the relationship with God in the religion. And yeah, you know, in a way, God tells me that girls and women belong in there. Uh, so in that sense, again, you have that, but... Uh, there's no way to have a dialogue. It's the, you know, deaf and mute in terms of communicating. So the insight you have is for you, but there's the impossibility of connecting. And so that's where, again, maybe the sense of the despair, because there's nobody to meet you. Right. And that's where I'm coming as if from the other side to a sense of not belonging than you did. Mm-hmm. That, as if we are meeting in that not belonging. Yes, yes. But, but I felt I needed to give you my background because it's so completely different, but we are meeting in that space of yes. not belonging. Yes, and so my background includes that um, my father was raised as a Protestant uh, and left you know, the church because he was a socialist and was a philosopher and didn't believe my mother was raised a Jew uh, in a very traditional, old-fashioned, you know, family. But her father died when she was three. She went to school uh, with French-type education that was very, at the time, you know, the teachers were very socialist, were very secular humanist. So for her leaving religion and entering French culture was very liberating and growth. Uh, however, um, the when I was born, my parents with the kids did not have a very straightforward way of dealing with you know, the complexities of our ethnic and religious background. So, uh, you know, we were just told, you're French and mm-hmm. secular humanist. <laughs> and the rest, not mentioned. But, right. you know, all of my mother's family was very visibly not that. And, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that yeah. that was not handled you know, and so that the belonging part is, it was very important for me. In a way, the message from both my parents was uh, European, secular, humanist, modern, progressive was good. Mm-hmm. So in a way, the wanting to belong was belonging to that. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, on the other hand, I could see some other people belong to churches and so on, so not belonging. I did not want to belong to the kinds of things that my mother's family was. 
But so this kind of a sense of shame about it compared to the other values. Uh, mm. On the other hand, I could see that some of them, I had an uncle who had a very comfortable link to that. And so envying the comfort of of his being part of it. So, you know, in that sense, uh, you know, the belonging is very complex for me and has very little to do with traditional spiritual stuff. It's really more of, you know, psychologically, sociologically, the sense emotionally belonging um, and almost separated from the the spiritual part. I, I understand. <laughs> a, a later part in my life, I tried to belong to uh, the left-wing movement in Germany. I left the church very early because my inquiries didn't fit in. So, so I sympathize with when I grew up. Later, I went to university and I made that shift <laughs> to the left. And yeah, of course, I read Karl Marx and uh, the early Paris manuscripts about alienation, and that made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I became a feminist in tips, but I kept having this problem. I'm, 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 and only talking now, I'm becoming aware my inquiries kept uh, kept me in a state not fitting in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I give you an instance because I think this belonging thing is very important. Like um, we were finding the first house for battered wives and children in Germany and uh, the first refuge and. Uh, they were talking about that women can come with their little daughters but not with their sons because we don't want any men in this mm. house. And I just said, I just couldn't, you know, it, my heart cringed, you know. It's like, wait a minute. Are you saying that a woman who who who, who suffers from domestic violence cannot bring her baby son? I mean, mm. you know what I mean? It's sort mm. of... What is this? So, eventually they could bring their baby boys, but I'm just giving you the the problem with mm-hmm. belonging that kept cre- creeping up in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or that, that, that the Marxist kind of organized people would say, oh, you're a feminist, you're not one of them, mm-hmm. us, because, 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 uh, I don't know this in English so well because uh, the the the, uh, the proletariat working for the proletariat that is the real issue, and the the women's question is secondary, so that's not important. Yeah, it's a distraction. So it's, uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's you're, you're, uh, yeah. You know, Karl Marx. We read him in German because he wrote German, but so it's yeah. So yeah, uh, again, my inquiry landed me in situations of not belonging in both quarters, by the way. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, that's a, some, that's a situation I'm very familiar with, that part of the oh. not belonging. I mean, which is interesting, because I have a younger brother who's three yeah. years younger, and he became very young in his teenage years, uh, a very involved Marxist. Uh, he was a Trotskyite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... The way he was, was the way people get into a religious conversion. Like he was totally in a cult mode, and that was right, and that was it, and so on. And and I grew up, you know, um, I was born in 1952, so in 1968 I was 16, and there was the Paris thing in 1968. And so I was a little too young to be part of the students. You know, if I had been two years older, I would have been. But still... Uh, in general, I was enthusiastic about it, but not, you know, like part of the, you know, there's always something that felt like, you know, I can't quite be there. Um, and, and envying in some level people who could be true believers, 
but not comfortable at all about yeah. that. I can relate to that very much so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So you are also pointing to something that even being socialist, having these humanistic values, um, can have a religiousness in them. Oh, yeah. It's important in this context. <laughs> And even some of the Marxist language about consciousness, I thought was interesting. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm wondering in terms of our conversation. So we we came to the to the need to belong and the need to follow something in you that makes you realize I can't belong and for you it was also a longing to belong and you you can't quite belong yeah 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 so maybe that's a good place maybe that's what we need to do right now it's a good uh, kind of a transition is mm. to bookmark where we are and yeah. uh, so um um my bookmarks, uh, how surprised at how much we talked about belonging, um, um, interesting curiosity and pleasure about the shades of differences of belonging, noticing the similarities and difference. You know, and I find that very enriching in a way. It's like, okay, so, oh, that experience for you, yeah, very, yeah, this and this and this and that. Instead of a category of, this is all about belonging or not belonging. So a lot of pleasure about little nuances and, and feeling like there's so many more, you know, coming up. Um, in, if I try to relate this belonging to something about spirituality, um, again, seeing in lots of ways how it has nothing to do, or it's just, in a way, more social, emotional, connecting. Mm -hmm. But where mm -hmm. I can find a connection is the envy of some people, you know, part of, in a way, how this project came about is a sense that I envy people who are true believers and who can feel that there is a God who's like this person, very spe specially interested in their survival, and uh, they're in the hand of God, or if they pray, they have it, and that, that certainty, you know, that mm. safety that comes from that. And now, not thinking of safety as, you know, something stupid, because it's not objectively there, but envying the kind of resource that it mm -hmm. is, um, to help you go through the anxieties and difficult moments of life. Um, so, in a way, how can you have the effect of belonging in a world that has a benevolent God when you don't? You know, it's kind of um, so. That's kind of kind of my 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 bookmark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you helped me to uh see uh or name a red thread in my life more clearly and that is a red thread of inquiry. Mm -hmm. That inquiry was what threw me out of belonging because something in me needed to inquire. And if I stay with that truth, that's the truths that keep coming up, I, I can't, somehow I can't belong. Mm -hmm. So thank you. I, <laughs> mm. uh, it makes me, I don't know, bring something into awareness I wasn't quite so clear about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.